did you guys get all that stuff? Yeah, I'm Tom. Nice guy here to meet you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> love you, family. Uh, Christmas for me, uh, I was reflecting on this, and this is something 30, 30 years old now, and uh, it occurred to me that um, I, uh, I, had a, I had this friend when I was a kid, best friend, and I don't know if any of you were blessed with that childhood friend that you grow up with, got into all kinds of scrapes, but it occurs to me, we met on Christmas Day in 1981, and uh, it was the kind of thing where we got into everything together as little boys. And had so much fun. Believe me, we've got the scrapes and the scars to prove it. Got in just a little bit of mischief. And a funny thing happened. When I graduated high school and moved off, we sort of lost touch. And uh, this is pre-Facebook when you could keep up with everyone at all times. You know, who you are, restraining order. And the, 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 the life just has a way of separating. You lost touch with this fellow. And not, uh, not too long ago, my parents run into him. And I realized he had been living in my hometown of Murray, Kentucky. I grew up in Kentucky. He had been in Murray, Kentucky this whole time. And uh, recently, not long ago, he moved to New York. And so we've been reunited. And I think about that. I actually brought him uh, here today. And I wanted to show you here. uh, (laughs) Oh, you thought I had real friends. A common mistake. Yeah, this is Curious George. And uh, yeah, you, you used to be able to know that it was Curious George because his red t-shirt said in bright yellow letters, Curious George. That's still there, but you can't see it. It's so faint. It's been ground into his, into his shirt repeated times. Do you know how many times this monkey has landed in Kentucky gravel because I thought monkeys can fly and I was going to test that? You know, this poor guy. I mean, take a look. As you can tell, he is not looking too good. His face is smashed. I mean, it's not supposed to be so two-dimensional. It's supposed to be so big. And his, his poor little hat is faded beyond belief. You know, he's a little bit redder on the back, you know, than the front. But he's not looking too good. There's spots that are completely ripped open. And uh, here in the back, my mom, I realized my mom took him and actually sewed him up because stuffing was starting to fall out of him. And still, there are places that you can't even sew up. I don't know if you can see behind the ear here, but this is gangrene. That's what this is. You know, seriously, when I thought about diseases, I was asking mom, I said, if we put this in a Petri dish, how many diseases do you think is in this little doll right now? There's no telling. I was obviously a little baby boy and loved on him and had all the germs that babies bring. But then I got to thinking at my house, we had a big backyard with, we had a sandbox and cats. Do the math. So this guy is obviously diseased. He's obviously gross. Keep this away from your children. Don't let them uh, play with this. And I thought, you know, what, you know, if we were to put, uh, my, the worst part is eyes and nose. These have been super glued on so many times. These little eyes and nose ripped off that, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 there was uh, one incident with the uh, neighbor's Rottweiler. And uh, I just remember running as fast as I could. And I, I, I you know, to my shame, I sort of sacked, take the monkey, you know. <laughs> So I feel bad. I owe you one. Uh, the point is, if you put this on eBay, you're not like your arm. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You know what I mean? That's not normal. Uh, if you put this on eBay, let me tell you the grand intrinsic worth of this doll. Sorry, this is not a doll. I didn't play with doll. This is a monkey action figurine. Uh, the the total net worth of this doll, the the intrinsic worth of this doll is uh, zero. Do you understand what I'm saying? This doll is worthless to anyone here. 
there's not a kid in here. If we took any kid at this nursery and say, would you like a brand new Curious George? Or, you know, like nobody says, oh yeah, give me disgusting Crustola face, right? Nobody says. Uh, so he's totally intrinsically worthless. The doll is worthless. But he's mine. He's mine. And so it's a funny thing. Though he's clearly worthless, I wouldn't sell him for anything. He's not for sale. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take $10. I wouldn't take $10,000. I, I mean, at a million, we'll talk. But you get like, I, oh, come on. I wouldn't sell him. Now, you tell me, how do you explain that? There, this doll is worthless, and yet he's mine. He's mine. You know what we're real good at? We're real good at spending a lifetime trying to convince other people and ourselves that we don't have these rips, tears, scars, and flaws. Now, some of us in here, the flaws are pretty obvious. Curious George here, it's pretty obvious. And there are some people, you take a look at their life, and they'll tell you, man, look, I got obvious flaws. These are the people who are, who are addicts. These are the guys who have found themselves, you know, in the, in the prisons. These are the, the people who look at their life and say, my life is falling apart. It's all destroyed. They've got obvious flaws, obvious wounds, right? Others of us, we've got these things. We just don't ever admit them to others. And we spend time. We spend money. We spend great energy. Doing what? Trying to convince others that we're not this flaw. We do it in big ways. We do it in little ways. Uh, I, I remember as, as a little boy going to church, right? How many of you can relate to this? The minivan ride to church in the morning. It's like World War III. Dad's doing the thing that all dads can do where he drives with one hand and he's smacking the kids with the other hand, right? You're trying to dodge the go-go gadget. Dad, you're screaming at your sisters. You make us late. No, you make us late. I hate all of you. Mom's trying to calm everybody down with Sandy Patty on the tape deck. You're filled with murderous rage. You pull into the church parking lot to worship the Lord of peace and harmony. And as soon as that minivan door opened, remember like it was yesterday, out would fall children and hopelessness. And as soon as we hit the church parking lot, what happened? Bing! Right? And they would look at my mom. I remember, you know, how are you today, Miss Richter? My mom would say, oh, we're blessed. I remember as a kid going, we're not blessed, devil woman. Look around. Like, what van are you riding in? Right? Uh, it's a simple story. And I, I mean, you laugh because I just described your minivan ride to this morning, to this very breakfast. I, I get it. Mine too. Hey, but you know what that story is really all about? It's about people doing what people do. We have to cover up to everybody that we are not wounded. Something any kid can see that we're broken. We're broken. And we have to spend a lifetime convincing each other, hey, I'm not so broken. You can love me. Hey, be, come on. I need, I, approve of me. Say that I'm good. Say that I'm valuable. I'm not so broken. And you know the one person we can never seem to convince is ourselves. Because late at night, when you're alone, there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, there's no sort of trappings, you can, and you're left with this feeling that all is not well. That, there, that there's problems here, there's tears. For some of you, it's a divorce, Rip. For some of you, it's that, that abuse that you went through, tear. It's, sometimes it's evil that other people have done to you, and sometimes it's evil that you've done to other people. You look at that relationship that won't heal, it's like, right? 
For some of you, it's this gnawing emptiness. That's like Curious George's stuffing coming out. And here's the worst part. I've done it. You know what I'll do when I'm wounded, when I'm convinced of my own woundedness? It's terrible. Here's some things I've done. I've actually looked at other rag dolls in the world, if you will. And you know what I'll do? If I know my own wounds, you know what I'll do a lot of times? I'll tear a hole in you so that I don't feel so bad about myself. I'll begin to hurt others because deep down I can't get over this gnawing emptiness that I've hurt. I will steal stuffing out of someone else to try to fill the stuffing in my own life. Now listen, I, there's no other way to say it. That, that's a, I mean, that leaves us worthless. Whether you've, whether you've hurt others or you've been hurt, it's like worthless. Let me tell you something. The Bible, oh man, it's, listen, at Christmas... I feel like everywhere I go, I got a dollar sign over my head. You ever get, get that feeling? I'm just walking around with a big old dollar sign. I took the kids and the, and the, the white, we, we took the whole family, we we're going to do the whole thing. Rockefeller Center, Macy, you know, when you get all geared up, you get in that mode, you're like, we're doing it. This was last week, and as you know, pouring down rain, we're like, we're doing it, you know? And the kids are like, we're miserable, smile in front of the tree! You know, like that feeling? Isn't Macy's pretty? I don't know anymore. I'm just a dollar sign. We're there on 34th Street and Herald Square, and there's Elmo. There's Dora, right? And there's a big Elmo, right? And I'm like, oh, he's taking pictures of everybody. It's okay. He's like getting a picture with Elmo. And Elmo's like, <clears throat> are you kidding me? I'm paying Elmo on 34th. And if you get what I'm saying? Like, dollar sign, man. Um, a lot of people say the Bible, you know, they come to it and it says some harsh things. A lot of times the Bible uh, says some things, and you read the words of Jesus, and you're like, whoa, uh, dude's not messing around. He's saying some serious stuff. Here, here's the deal. Uh, Jesus always told the truth because he had nothing to sell. When you come to the Bible, there's no dollar sign over your head. Jesus had nothing to sell. That's why he can always tell the truth. It may be harsh. You may enjoy it. You may not enjoy it. But the fact is, it's the truth. And here's what it says in Romans 3 about that whole curious George being worthless situation. Listen to what Romans 3 says. There's no one righteous, not even one, no one who understands, no one who seeks God. What about me? No one. But this guy's really, no one. But, but this person's really nice and really good. No one. All have turned away, and here's what the word of God says, they have together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. It's like we got a world where the world is looking at us saying, well, you know, you're not worth anything. And then we start to feel worthless. And according to the scriptures, we begin to bow down and worship things that even like make us intrinsically lose our worth. We're falling apart. We're not okay. We're broken. And that's, listen, that's a harsh word. And yet, isn't it something, Pastor Linda started us off on the right foot. I mean, she nailed it. Isn't it something that when there's a massive tragedy, people turn to the word of God? Because when there's a massive tragedy, the veneer gets ripped off and they realize, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't just need like, to be told some comforting words right now. I need truth. And the Bible offers that truth. And sometimes it comes as a harsh word, but the Bible says, apart from God, we're not okay. We're not okay. So what do we do when we're worthless? Well, what we do when we feel worthless is very simple. We begin to try to fill this hole in our heart with uh, all kinds of things. And we'll take money and we'll try to stuff that into the infinite chasm in our, in our heart. Uh, we'll, try to, we'll take a relationships. We'll take power. We'll take the, you know, the, the biggest thing is just sort of distractions. The latest uh, new gadget, you know. We'll take, a, we'll take a, 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 a cell phone or something and try to fill that in the hole. Well, you know, I know there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, a lot of things in my heart, but I got the new iPhone or whatever, right? And what happens two years later? Oh, you don't need that one. You need this one. This is the iPhone 5.1 
or whatever, right? It's a lie. It's a sham. Man, you're just throwing it in the bottomless pit. You're just throwing that stuff in a bottomless pit because you don't have a hole in your heart. You got an infinite chasm, according to the Bible, right? And that's the harsh word. Now, you ready for the good news? The true story of Christmas. The true story of the Bible is when a world that had turned against God and become worthless, the story of Christmas is God wrapping his arms around this world, around you, saying, but you're mine. You're mine. And he didn't stay far away. He entered in as a little baby born in the manger. He lived a sinless life and he died there on the cross as the drama so clearly displayed for you to remind you of what? That yes, you are in a sense this rag doll that's been beaten up. I get it. But you're God's. And he came on a mission to take back that which was rightfully his. Listen, you when, come on. When is the last time that you felt the loving arms of God wrap around you? When was the last time you heard the voice of God whisper to you, you're mine? He has intrinsically no worth. But what? But a little boy's love gave him worth. Don't you see? God's love has given you infinite worth. Do you know what you're worth to God? He gave his only begotten son for you to die on a cross for you. For you, you say, whoa, 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 I could see him doing that for a good man. I could see him doing that for a really uh, a strong woman who's got it all together. No, 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 the Bible's very clear on that point too. There's none who's done good. There's none who's done right. Yeah, I could see how somebody could, be, could die for a good person, but Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't say... what. When he waited for you to clean your life up, then God's like, okay, now you're worthy for me to care about. When you were still in that sin, that worthless, that void, that empty, he said, I love you. And his love has given my life worth. I'm infinite worth to God. And here's the crazy thing. When I know who I am, I'm your child. You gave up your son for me. You treasure me. I'm a treasure of God. You know what I'm able to resist a little better? Uh, the temptation to fill up my life with things that are worthless. You know? Uh, we wonder why we'll never be able to fill all that stuffing. We'll never be able to fill that infinite chasm. Uh, like my friend James Lecce, pastor here, often reminds us. Uh, the reason you can never take finite things and fill up that infinite space in your heart is because the infinite can only be filled by that which is infinite. That hole in your heart, that space in your heart you feel, that distance from God, it can only be filled by God himself. Now, for many people here, okay, that's what I just said. Everything, the last 10, 15 minutes, that whole speech that I've given today, uh, that's like they just heard their favorite song on the radio. That's old news, but it's good news, and it just rings as true and encouraging as can be. But the reason I come here and, and speak is because I'm, I'm concerned about those of you who are here where you'd say, man, I need to hear that. I don't think there's ever been a time when I've surrendered my life to God. I don't think I've ever opened up my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't think I've ever, I don't think there's ever been this moment where I was like, you know what? I got to stop turning from God and I got to hear him say, you're mine. I got to respond to that love, right? And so what I wanted to do is to close today before I, uh, I'll turn it back over to uh, your pastors here. And I just wanted to take a moment and pray over you. And I want you to have the best Christmas ever. I want you to be blessed. I want you to 
uh, 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 prosper and do well. But most of all, I wonder if there's somebody here today who would say, I've, you know what, I've never, I don't think I've ever received Christ. Uh, the, the Bible talks about it like a transfer of trust. I'm trusting my own righteousness. I'm trusting that I'll be okay. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. Transferring my trust to Jesus Christ and saying, Jesus, I believe you're the way to God the Father. Um, and I want to say a special prayer for you. So will you allow me to lead you? You say, I don't, I don't know, I'm not comfortable praying. I don't know how to do all that. It's real simple. Just bow your head with me. Close your eyes if you don't mind, and just, uh, you might pray something like this. I'm going to pray for everybody in a minute, but right now, for those who, if you've never, if you've never taken that step of faith, that transfer of trust, you know, the Bible says that there's no one who can get into heaven on their own steam, so to speak, in their own power. Our sin has separated us from God, but the good news of the gospel is that God entered in. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And as you're meditating on this with your head bowed and eyes closed and you're just thinking about that, that all the wrath of sin that we deserved, it was poured out on Jesus. And in exchange, Jesus can give to any of us that right standing with God, that peace with God. I'm telling you today, whatever you think you're looking for that you're missing, I'm telling you, it's God. And Jesus is the only way to receive that. If you've never received that and you think, man, I, I don't want to wait another day. I want to receive that. There are a million ways um, to, to, to get to Jesus. I, I like to say Jesus is the only way to God the Father, but there's a million ways to get to Jesus. And you don't, it's not about these particular words. It's not a formula. It's about the heart. But if your heart reflects that prayer that you want to receive Christ, you want to make him the new boss of your life and follow his lordship, a lot of times we make it so hard. It's really a pretty simple thing. Turning your life and your faith over to him. You might pray something like this. Here's what I'll do. I'll give you a few line, uh, like a few words of a prayer, and you can just repeat them in your heart. You can just utter these. You can whisper them. You can pray them. But if you're not a believer, if, you, if you've sort of been on the fence, or, you know, if today's that day, then you might want to pray something like this. Something like, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. Simple, right? Dear God, I, I know that I'm a sinner. I might just repeat that. And I know my sin separates me from you. But I believe your son Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe your son Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And he rose again. He rose again. And I want him to live inside my heart. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. That I might go to heaven and be with you forever. I might go to heaven and be with you forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I just want to pray for everybody now. Father, I pray for each and every person that's here today. And whether they are the kind of person who's here... And their flaws are just as, as visible as the light of day. That everyone can see all their struggles and problems. Or whether they're that person that came here and maybe is wearing that mask. Or uh, has those, uh, those struggles that are, that are secret and hidden. God, we confess to you today, we're, we're just, we're your ragdolls. And um, in our sin, we turn and we rebelled from you. 
But we thank you, O Lord, for the true story of Christmas. The story that's so good, it's, it's too good not to be true. And we thank you, God, that you didn't stay far removed from our brokenness and our sin and our suffering. You took on human flesh. You were born as a little baby, born in a manger in Bethlehem. And you grew and lived a sinless life. And every person that you met, you were on a mission to heal them and restore them and take care of all your little rag dolls as if you came to earth to say, you're mine. And we praise you, God. We thank you for that. But most of all, you didn't just heal our physical bodies and you just didn't give us temporary relief from pain. You came to destroy death and sin forever. And by your death on the cross, Lord, we thank you, oh God. That the whole world, any who turn to you, the whole world has an opportunity to be saved. Thank you, Lord, in the midst of all the darkness and all the brokenness. Thank you, God, that you died for enemies of God. And you made them sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord, that you'll still do that for any heart that's here today. I pray the good news would bounce around in our hearts and our minds, and we would share it freely with one another this Christmas season. I pray for each person that took a step of faith to come here today, that you'd bless them richly, prosper them this Christmas season. Most of all, let the thing that prospers be their faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.